And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post game show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and this episode of Wrap It Up is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop 2013 Danforth Avenue in the east end of Toronto. Clean Cuts, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the crew. As a wise man once said, tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call 416-917-4833 to book your appointments. Now, wrap it up fans. What is really, really good? My name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to this The Wrap It Up podcast as your Toronto Raptors have won game two by a score of 104 to 99. Again, 104 99. Your Toronto Raptors take a two games to nothing lead over the New Jersey Nets or the Brooklyn Nets. I guess the Raptors could have beaten the New Jersey Nets and the Brooklyn Nets combined because, you know, we just on a wave right now. But again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you for tuning into this, the Wrap It Up podcast. And, you know, the OGs know, I told you guys, the first two games, it'd be kind of tough just because they were day games. And, you know, I got a day job. So we did this thing where I would do the pods at night, 9 p.m.-ish. So here we are. And, you know, it was a good game. It was a game where I would have loved to hear everybody's reaction right after the game actually took place, just because it was such a thing where, you know, the Toronto Raptors, to me, this shows the residue of last year. What I mean by that is they didn't really have it. They didn't really play that well. Brooklyn came out and shot the lights out early, and the Raptors just kind of hung around and hung around and hung around and did just enough to win the game and you know to be down that much you might think you know what they just don't have it pack this game in go on to the next game whatever but I think if you're you've been paying attention to this team for a while and especially this season I think you had the faith to know that they were just gonna win and that's where I see the the comparisons to last year's team as well and what I mean is Last year's team, you just always had that feeling that as long as you keep it close, you'd be able to find a way to pull it out in the end. And that's exactly what the Raps were able to do. Just find a way to pull it out in the end. Hang around, hang around, hang around. And it wasn't pretty. wasn't pretty at all. But they found a way to do it. Again, 104-99 to take a 2 to nothing lead over the Brooklyn Nets in their first round series. As mentioned, I am Sheldon Alexander. And again, apologies, but now at least you know, from here on out, we'll be able to do the pod as normal, live right after the game, whether you're streaming this live on Instagram, live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you're at, we got you covered again, live right after each game on this Wrap It Up podcast. You're only live and interactive Toronto Raptors post-game show. And again, it was a tough day. It was a busy day. I was at work, and as mentioned, we were uh, we're doing the live updates all day, bouncing between the hockey games and baseball games because the Jays were on today as well. And with the Raptors game on, it was really hectic. Um, super busy as well. I ended up doing a little interview with, uh, shouts to my guy, Phil Perkins at uh, CHCH, 
locally in the GTA area here, um, did an interview with him that aired on their local news just talking about the Masai Ujiri situation and the videotape, the body camera footage that came out of that clown cop in uh, Golden State in Oakland there. Um, so just a busy day, a hectic day. But I will say, coming home and knowing that I get to talk raps with my diehard Raptor fans, hey, not much better than that. Can't complain about that at all. So we are here to take your comments and questions. How are you guys feeling? I want you guys to be honest with me as well. Were you worried about the Raptors in this game? Did you at any point think they were going to lose the game? Because I was watching it and obviously got a couple boys at work, diehard Raptors fans, and I was kind of gauging their feelings and, you know, weren't really nervous at all. And I think that's kind of the feeling if you pay enough attention to this team over the past two years. And there's going to be Kawhi residue. And, you you know, people think that I just keep bigging up Kawhi. But if you listen to the Raptors talk, one of the things they got from Kawhi in last year, and even if you hear the Clippers, Paul George was saying the same thing in his post-game interview uh, in the Clippers' first win in the playoffs. Just when you're watching that guy remain even keel, remain calm and cool, not overreacting to being down, you just see that. And it's a sense of calm that I can't say I saw in this Raptors team before last season where you weren't really worried. You just know the run's coming because it starts at the defensive end and they play defense and they can get stops. And the the question of how far they will go will I think come down to their offensive execution, like who's going to make the plays in crunch time. But the fact that they will still be in those situations is key. And the reason they will still be in those situations is because they play defense. Good enough defense to keep around while they're shooting horribly. Because <laughs> that's what happened in this game today. So first off, want to say thank you guys for tuning in wherever you are streaming this live. And again, shout to the OG peeps on the podcast, listening and subscribing live or subscribing normally on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and of course on YouTube. Hit that like and subscribe button. Tell your friends, rate us, rank us, all that fun stuff. It is greatly appreciated. Also appreciate, I guess I should mention right off the top before we get too far in, we got these shirts. We got the shirts. Raptors wave is still going. If you're reading this, we still champs. We got them in white. We got them in black. If you're on the playoff wave... Make sure you get the shirts. Hit me up in the DMs if you want more info on that. They are going fast. We sent out the first shipment today of like the orders that went out in the mail. So huge shouts to those people who are supporting the movement that is this Raptors championship title defense. But as mentioned, this was the second game in said title defense. And the Nets, if you look at it from their perspective, that's a tough loss. Because I don't know how much better they can play than they did in this game, especially early, and the Raps just wouldn't go away. And there's two reasons why I don't think the, the Nets were able to blow out the Raps. And Fred Van Fleet, back-to-back -back big games in terms of scoring, as he finished with 24 points, 10 assists, 5 rebounds, and he didn't shoot it as well as he did in the first game as Freddie was 8 of 22 from the floor. 22 shots for 24 points. Not really that good. 3 of 11 from 3. But here's what I'll say about Fred Van Fleet. And here's what I'll say to, you know, talk about the stat nerds and the eye test. 
The eye tests in this game told me that Fred Van Fleet did a really good job of scoring when the Raptors needed a bucket. Freddie was able to either, he was getting the bucket or he was setting someone else up for the bucket. Again, back-to-back games in double-digit assists for Freddie. He's just doing the job. And he didn't shoot it well, but his backcourt mate Kyle Lowry did. 7 of 14 for Kyle, 3 of 6 from 3, 21 points. When you're getting 21 points from Kyle, 24 points from Freddie, your backcourt is cooking like that. It's going to be tough to beat the Toronto Raptors if those two guys are putting up those kinds of numbers on a consistent basis. And another weird thing about this this game from the Nets' point of view is they want to play fast, right? The only way they're going to win a game is by playing up and down, playing pretty much with one big guy and then four wings who are able to switch everything, get threes up there. And it worked for the first half. They just couldn't sustain it over four quarters. And part of that, again, is the Raptors' defense. But part of that is, you know, you're not dealing with the best players. So you might have spurts, but then at some point the adjustments come. And the Raps aren't going to just let Joe Harris get open shots. Speaking of Joe Harris, he uh, update. Joe Harris has left the bubble for personal reasons. So... I mean, the Nets, who are already coming into this series shorthanded, just got another huge blow as well, as they will be even shorter-handed, if that's a proper terminology there. But you know what I'm saying. As Joe Harris left, so the Nets, a tough blow after losing a tough game two. They also lose another one of their top players, and they're just running out of guys at this point. But the Raptors, I mentioned Freddie. I mentioned Kyle. But Norman Powell was probably the player of the game. Norm had a, a not so good first game of this series. Norm had just six points and he only took four shots. And if you're Norman Powell, what the Raps need from him is he's got to provide pop off the bench. Pop, energy, just scoring. He's got to come off the bench and just cook. And Norm has, this has by far been Norm's best season in terms of consistency because we'd always see flashes of it from Norm. But we've seen more consistency this season than we've ever seen from Norman Powell. And to have a sub a subpar game one, but then bounce back in this game to where he was doing it all. It was just great to see Norm, and especially because the Raps needed it. They were down. They trailed all the way until the end of this game. And so for Norm to consistently give them scoring and the way that he was doing it, again, we try to combine the stats with the eye test and the stats tell you, hey, Norm shot it well, comes off the bench, 24 points, 11 of 17 shooting. And of the six shots that he missed, five of those missed shots came from three as he was just one of six from beyond the arc. But Norman Powell, efficient, 11 of 17, 24 points. And the reason for that, We talk about it all the time, whether it's Norm, whether it's Pascal, the principles remain the same. Starting inside, meaning getting to the basket, getting your paint touches, and then stepping out and taking the three. But once Norm gets aggressive early and he's taking it to the cup, it's normally a good sign for the rest of the game if you're Norman Powell. 
and mentioned the high efficiency. Not only did my, was my guy taking it to the cup, he was taking it to the cup with authority. Both he and OG had some massive court cuts, and it was just good to see. When you see Norm doing that, you see him dunking. Was it Joe Harris that he caught under the bucket there? That was a mean one, and Norm's screaming up the joint too. That's what the Raps need from Norm. The energy, the hypeness, that's where he is most successful, and that's where... You know, when things are going slow, you inject Norm in and he breathes life into the Raps offense. You don't got to give Norm, you don't got to tell Norm twice to take some shots. And you definitely didn't have to do that in this game. But Norman Powell, again, an efficient 11 of 17, 24 points for Norm. And he really kept the minute. He was scoring efficiently. Freddie was more timely. And Kyle to me, is still the guy where he's going to take the wraps as far as they're going to go in these playoffs. And the reason I say that is because when they need to close quarters, when they need to get points, when all everything else stalls, best believe Kyle Lowry is finding a way to either get to the free throw line, to get the Raptors points, or he's, he's just going to find a way to make something happen for the team. And as the Raps continue to try to come back, because if we kind of go through the game here, we know the Nets, they started 4-4 four, four from 3. They were hot. Karis LeVert with a tough and one. That got them out to a 10-point lead. It was a 21-7 scoring run by the Nets. The Raps, meanwhile, went over 3 minutes without being able to get a bucket. And, you know, the Nets, on the flip side, they had 7 assists on their first 9 field goals. And anytime you're shooting 64% to start the game, <laughs> that's not bad. That's not bad. So again, when you combine that with a near three-minute scoring drought for the Raps, the Nets were just on a roll early. The Raps, I got to give Siakam credit. And Nick Nurse, in his post-game, or I don't know if it was pre- or post-game, might have been both, He's kind of making it known he's getting tired of the Pascal Siakam questions because everyone seems to be worried about Pascal Siakam except for Pascal Siakam and Nick Nurse and I'm assuming the rest of the Raptors. Pascal did a great job early on and much like Norm, he was going to the cup early. And when he's going to the cup early and he's active, that's what you like to see from Pascal. And when the Raps were down, they needed that boost. Three of four to start the game and then he's getting paint touches and finding Norm. The ball movement was so key to have those two kind of, you know, playing off each other. At one point, Pascal drove, found Norm. Couple next possessions, Norm drives, finds Pascal. And for both of them, they started inside, then came outside and hit some threes. 13-0 wraps run, got them back in the game. Siakam had 14 points, started the game 5 of 7 shooting. He really got out to a good start when the wraps needed it. And... It was huge because you don't want to give the Nets too much confidence, right? And already for, for them to be in a position where the second quarter Raps struggled, if you're not named Norman Powell, the Raptors really struggled. And, and it got really ugly in that second quarter. It was really bad. Uh, they even talked about it on the broadcast. It looked like Summer League. It really did. Sloppy turnovers, missed chippies at the rim. Just the Raps at one point were one of 10 from three. The Nets were one of eight from three. It was a super ugly, sloppy plays, bad turnovers. And somehow, despite a pretty poor showing in the first half, 
the Raps only found themselves down three at halftime. Third quarter, they still couldn't really get it going. Unless your name was Fred Van Fleet. Pascal, as mentioned, struggled to start the third. He had a great first half, not so good in the second half. And Freddie picked up the slack. 14 points in that third quarter, and the Raps needed every bit of it. Uh, Matt Thomas getting some third quarter minutes, which was key. And Nick Nurse was just looking for a spark because Serge and Marc Gasol both struggled. And this was after we were bigging them up and after the great job that they did in the first game, both of them in this game struggled in game two, not looking good for either of the Raps big guys. And it's really weird that that happens. It's very odd that both of them would not have a good game. But yet here we were, Serge, 3 of 9, 0 for 4 from 3 for 8 points. Marc Gasol was held scoreless, 0 points in 17 minutes, 0 for 2 from the floor. And Mark had some frustrating moments. Like, I'd rarely seen him get that angry and frustrated, but you could tell he was having a tough go. But when the Raps aren't getting scoring from either of their two big guys, that forces Nick Nurse to try to figure some things out. And one of those things he did after a struggling third quarter in which the Raps were still down 80-74 to 74 after three, he went small. And this is what the big, you know, sticking point or, you know, when people are bigging up Nick Nurse, this is one of the things they talk about. His in-game adjustments and his ability to adapt to whatever situation is going on. So his big guys weren't playing that well, so he went super small. And... He spent a lot of time, and the Raps made a huge run, led by Norm and OG, who both had court cuts as well in that second half. But it was Surge in the middle with pretty much Kyle, Kyle, Fred, Norm, OG, and Surge. That was a group, and mix in some Matt Thomas. Matt Thomas was in there for a bit. But that was the group that really brought the Raps back. And Siakam was on the bench. After struggling for most of that third quarter, Siakam sat for most of the fourth. And, you know, it's a tough decision if you're Nick Nurse. Like, what do you do? Obviously, Siakam is your guy. He's one of your guys. But he's struggling a bit in that second half. And the unit that he had out there was playing well. Norm was playing really well. Kyle and Fred, as mentioned, they had it going. And OG, we know when OG gets in his bag, I mean, OG had some buckets. OG had some strong plays in this game as well, especially in that fourth quarter when the Raps really started to make a push. So you kind of understand why Pascal spent a lot of that fourth quarter on the bench, but he did come back in for Surge and closed out the game. And the Raps won this game again because of their defense. The Nets, I give them a lot of credit because I don't know how much more you really want or expect from the Nets because even when the Raps came back and took the lead, the Nets kept fighting back all the way to the end. And as I say it all the time, the Raps will win because of their defense. Well, what happened late? Well, they're able to get a stop as... On the last play, where the Nets have a chance to tie, Kyle Lowry with some great defense. And we know, <laughs> if you've been following Kyle Lowry's career, you've been following this Raptors team, who else is going to make a key defensive play other than Kyle Lowry? But then, on top of that, we get the leak out to Norm, and he finishes the breakaway dunk in the playoffs. And how many times have we seen that breakaway 
two-foot takeoff, one-handed jam from Norm to ice a playoff game. It was almost fitting. Norm getting his 24th points on the the typical playoff Powell play that we're we're we've been become so used to seeing. It was it was great to see. Norm getting his 24 is his mamba on for lack of a better term, but great game had by Norman Powell and if Fred Van Fleet was a man in game 1, definitely got to give it up to Norm Powell in game 2 and the Raptors lead two games to none against the Brooklyn Nets. And I mentioned this again, poor Brooklyn. I mean, they put up a good fight and I, I, I'm giving them a lot of credit. I know people might think, oh, the Raps didn't play well, but I'm going to give a lot of credit to Brooklyn. They could have folded. They could have thought, you know, we got blown out. We got embarrassed in game one and it could have been one, two, three Cancun already, but no, they fought. And even when the Raps came back, the Nets were still right there. So got to give them a lot of credit. But again, Raps win, Raps win, Raps win, 104.99. Let's get to some comments because, again, this podcast is about you, the fans of your Toronto Raptors. And, you know, even though we're doing this show late, really appreciate you guys for coming through and rocking out with us as we're able to, as always, do this podcast whenever we can whenever we get to and you know what it'll be fun to get back to our normal timing of doing the pod right after as friday's game we will be the raptors games at 1 30 if i'm not mistaken so we'll be up as per usual right after the raptors game on friday but let's get to some comments here as my ogs on ig are here again and that chat feed is super full so Let's see here. Dvad says, nope, wasn't worried at all. Glow Girl Smile says, that was more of what I expected from the Nets. Two-ply Gal says, uh, not, wasn't worried at all. K2's Garnett was never worried ever, LOL. Austin checks in and says, I wasn't nervous because, I wasn't nervous because it was the Nets. But if the game was close, the Celtics or Bucks, I would have been nervous. I mean, yeah, I, I totally understand that because the difference here is the Nets, the difference with any team, right? Don't just want to make this about the Nets, but the playoffs, you're going to have scoring droughts. You're going to have moments where the game's within the balance. And what happens in the playoffs is who do you turn to to get you a bucket when you need it? And the Nets couldn't really figure that out. And that's why they struggled. That's just, that's just what the issue was. Uh, Dio's mom check in, checks in and says, feeling good about the win. I expected us to nibble away at their lead. And that's a great way to look at it. And I really think that comes back from watching last year's team in the playoffs and understanding that because you play really good defense, it's tough to get blown out. You're rarely going to see the raps get blown out no matter how poorly they're shooting. So as long as you continue to grind out defensive possessions, you're going to figure out a way to get back in the game and hopefully win. And that's exactly what happened this time around. More comments here. Was impressed with Nurse's adjustment of going small to get it going. We got to be accustomed to what Nick Nurse is up to, right? This is just, it's proven now. This is what we've come to expect from Nick Nurse. He will make adjustments. He will figure things out. But also, the other thing that is really cool, if you ask me, is the Toronto Raptors as a team 
he knows that he doesn't have to worry about Pascal, you know, being upset that he's not in the game, right? The way that this team is built, they don't care who's getting the buckets. They understand that, hey, someone might have it going at one point, so you're going to ride the hot hand. And that's just what happened to get back into the game. So that's a big part of this whole thing as well. Nick Nurse doesn't have to worry about hurting Pascal's feelings because he played the majority of the fourth quarter without him. That's a huge part of this whole thing. More comments, though. Uh, the Nets, Sheldon said the Nets would have a night where they shoot the lights out and the Raptors still conquered. Yeah, you're, you're totally right. I thought, uh, I said on our preview, I hope the Raptors sweep, but Nets in five, because I think there'd just be one game where the Nets shoot the lights out. And hey, this Raptors team proven me wrong. They took that game and they, they took the punch. They hung around, hung around, hung around, and then found a way to win at the end. Um, I think the other part of this is right now, especially with Joe Harris gone, it makes you wonder what Nets team, like what do the Nets have left in game three? And that's going to be interesting to see if they come out completely flat or if they still have anything left in the tank. I really want to see what's that what's going to happen there because that's a tough one for them that's a tough loss to take and plus add in the fact that you're in the bubble and it's just a weird circumstance as well being in the bubble where you can't really back away from basketball for lack of a better term like you can't you know hang out with your family to kind of clear your mind or anything like it's just basketball 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 that's it so you wonder if they're in this position where you are thinking one, two, three Cancun just because you want to get out of the bubble, right? And to stay there extra days and not thinking you're going to take L, but with the high probability that you're going to take L just because you don't have the personnel to compete with the wraps, that's a tough spot to be in. So, you know, I'm interested to see how the Nets do come out on Friday in that game. Uh, let's see, though, more comments here. Uh, Nick Nurse. Oh, sorry. There was a... Oh, yeah, we got the Joe Harris news. Yep, we got that. Personal reasons uh, for leaving. Uh, that guy, Damone, says, Nick Nurse was forced to play small ball in the fourth. If he didn't adjust, we wouldn't win this game. That's just a, another, you know, chapter in the, in the, the short book. But <laughs> the great book so far of Nick Nurse being able to show, to prove his chops as an NBA coach. Uh, K2's Garnett says, Pascal had a good game, but the numbers don't show everything. I agree. I think Pascal, to start the game, really came out and, and did, a re did a great job. Like, he, when the Raps didn't have anything going and the Nets were shooting the lights out, Pascal did a really good job of keeping the Raps at least kind of close like giving them signs of life and that was huge and the way that he was doing it was so important can't emphasize enough how important the paint touches are does he have some tough possessions especially late in the game there's one in particular where he kind of you know it was kind of a possession where the raps could have iced the game and pascal brought the ball up dribbled basically the whole shot clock couldn't get by his defender and then ended up jumping to throw a pass and turned it over now you know that was a horrible possession obviously in crunch time but i still think that there was more positives and negatives from pascal siakam 
and 19 points, 6 of 14 shooting, you take that if you're the Raps. 2 of 4 from 3. I tried to say as we got towards the playoffs to kind of temper your expectations in terms of where the scoring numbers were going to be for Pascal. And I said I thought it would be closer to the 20-point range just because it's going to be tough, right? Like his game, you got to remember, he's still super young. And being in this position where he's going to be at the the top of everyone's uh, scouting report, defenses are going to be focused on how to stop you. There's going to be help defenders waiting. There's going to be, you know, you have coaches that are just looking, trying to scout what your go-to moves and your counter moves are. Like, they're going to know what's coming. And for a young player, that's going to be super tough to deal with. So to expect Pascal to be at 30 a night come playoff time is asking a lot. I'm not saying that he can't do it. I'm just saying it's asking a lot. So... I know there's been a lot of focus on how good he's doing or what his offense is like. I'm telling you, 6 of 14, 2 of 4 from 3, 5 of 9 from the free throw line. I mean, the Raps as a team could shoot better from three from the free throw line. That was part of the reason they were down for most of the game. And, you know, I will say, though, overall, Pascal still looked okay to me because this is what this Raptors team's going to be. It's going to be by committee. It's going to be, you're going to need some put, some pop from Norm off the bench. You're going to need Kyle and Fred to get buckets. You're going to need Pascal to be in that 20-point range. Now, do you want more from Serge and Mark on the scoring end? Of course you do. But at the same time, so far, so good. I'm not going to be mad at Pascal Siakam's Game 2 performance. I think he did all right. And what we do know about Nick Nurse, there's going to be more adjustments on the way. And maybe, you know, the other part to mention too, we focus so much on the offensive end. And I always try to bring the reminder that there's two ends of the floor in the NBA, in the game of basketball, but especially in the playoffs. And Pascal is still laying it out there on the defensive end. And so you got to give the man credit for that because no matter what's going on offensively, he does it defensively all the time. Uh, more comments here. Miss Terrence Davis tonight, though. Uh, the interesting part about Terrence Davis, I mean, we got to remember he was, what, the 10th guy off the Raptors bench in game one? And really why that happened was Nick Nurse turned to Terrence Davis because he wasn't getting much from Norm. And so as Norm went from six points in game one to 24 points in game two, obviously Norm had a much better game. That meant no action for Terrence Davis. And I'm pretty sure... This was the first game of the season that Terrence Davis didn't play. He had been, to date, the only Raptor to play in every single game this season. And, you know, as a rookie on a team that finished with the second best record in the league, that's pretty good. So, you know, no Terrence Davis, but the one thing we know, we talked about the theme all season long, just stay ready because you never know what could happen. Nick Nurse called his number in game one and he was ready. And in game two, that didn't happen. But you never know what happens down the line. And Matt Thomas got a little bit of burn in this game. That was okay. Give the, the starters a bit of a rest. Six minutes for, for Rondé, five minutes for Matt Thomas. You're just trying to get quick rest for your starters because heavy minutes are going to be played by Freddie, Kyle, Pascal, 
and Norm when he's cooking. And of course, your man's OG Ananobi. So good game overall for the Raps. Again, two nothing series lead as they win 104 to 99. 104 to 99. Good start for the Raps. Got to give them a lot of credit here for hanging around and grinding out a win that they probably didn't really deserve. But that's what good teams do. Find ways to win. So thanks you guys for tuning in. I will be back on Friday. Again, we will be doing the podcast live right after the game on Friday. So don't worry. Don't got to wait around until 9 p.m. to get your wrap it up fix. We got you covered for sure on this the wrap it up podcast and thanks again for tuning in the people that did join in live whether you were on instagram whether you were on facebook whether you're on youtube or twitter really appreciate you guys tuning in and remember we got you covered if you want to watch us live we got you you can stream it on your phone we got you there if you want to put it on your tv right from your phone you can do that too as we're now live on facebook and on youtube whether you got a smart tv or you got that chromecast going we got you covered and of course huge shouts to the podcast posse on itunes soundcloud spotify google play really appreciate you guys for liking and subscribing to the podcast spreading the love that is the wrap it up podcast for this your toronto raptors the defending nba champs again as a shirt say if you're reading this we still champs you want one get yours now hit us up in the dms really appreciate you guys rock with me if you want to follow me on twitter at shell alexander on instagram at sheldon alexander and you know what really appreciate you guys tuning in and the i'm trying to figure out how or how much i want to talk about this masai ujiri video that got released last night and I posted it last night on uh, my social media on Twitter last night. And last check before we started recording the pod uh, on the feed right now, there's 1.1 million views on the video I posted last night. And then 775,000 views on the second video posted last night. And, you know, the thing for me and the reason why I posted the video was because I saw the article, and when I went to the article, the video was just embedded in there. And I thought, no, 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 this is something people need to see. Not that if I didn't put it out there, no one would see it. That's not what I'm saying. I just thought this was something that people need to see right now because it was infuriating to me watching the video. And a couple of things I want to say. One, if you're on Twitter arguing with bots, just stop. There's no point. And my mentions are... There's people arguing, making arguments for the cops still in my mentions. And I would urge people to not argue with those people because it's not worth it. People who are on here trying to argue something that you're blatantly seeing on film, they're just doing that just because, just to be a pest, just to be an annoyance. And as I stated earlier, a lot of these things, we, we make it so complicated about black and white and racist or not racist or police abusing power, defund the, we make all these things so complicated when as always, it's really simple. It's right versus wrong. And anytime you see that body camera footage and I watched it two times before I actually turned up the volume and then heard the interaction, there's no way you could watch that and not see that the cop is wrong. 
So there's really no need for dialogue back and forth on this, right? It's just right versus wrong. And this cop is a clown, a straight clown. Because, and I don't use that term lightly, I'm not saying that to be funny or anything like that, but when you add in the whole narrative about the cop trying to actually sue Masai Ujiri, and, you know, the fact that he's been on workers' comp collecting his salary this whole time, meanwhile, they know they have this body camera footage, it just makes absolutely no sense, but... That's why I say this cop is a clown. And beyond that, I'm not really here for much of a discussion on the video. It's just we, as a as a fan base, as a city, as a country, as a basketball community, here to show our support of Masai Ujiri because the only thing I could think of while watching that video is how much that would suck in the moment. And you can see it in his face as he's trying to get to the court and the cop pushes him and it's like, this is the pinnacle of his professional career. And momentarily, it's being taken away from him by this clown cop. So if we can flip that negative energy and turn that into positive support for the man, the myth, the legend that is Masai Ujiri, we're going to do that. And of course, anybody watching that video should be able to come to, to that same conclusion. But there are going to be other clowns that feel a different way or are going to continue to try to make excuses. Let's not entertain them. It's not even worth your breath. People who want to have an actual conversation, maybe, I could hear you out. But at this point, I think there's a lot of people just trying to create conflict or create drama and not really here for that that side of the conversation or that side of the argument. But I will say this much. For people who might not fully understand it or fully grasp what some people feel when they see that video. Masai Ujiri in the sports world in Canada is probably the highest profiled black man there is in the country, in his field, in sports, in Canada, okay? So if that man in his suit at the pinnacle of his career is somehow reduced to just being in the eyes of some cop, just some black guy trying to force his way by me. There's part of me as a black man that looks at that and see and says, what chance do I have? Think about that for a second, because all I could think of is what if that interaction happens and it's not in an arena at a basketball game? What if that interaction happens on the street? How differently does that go? And that's scary. And I only bring this up because there might be people who watch the video and they think they get it, but there's another level to some people when they see that video and the level that it hits other people when they see that. Because that's all I could think of. I'm like, that's a man who is at the top of his game, in his suit. What chance do I have? Right? How do you really see me? How do you really judge me when you see me? And that part's scary. And the other part that I want to commend Masai for before we wrap up here is the composure that you have to have to remain as calm as possible in that moment to have that response that he did, not only in that moment where you're trying to get to the court to celebrate with the rest of your organization, but the composure he had to not respond until he was pushed, what, a second time by the cop and swore at by the cop as well? 
the composure that he showed in that moment, I strive for in my own life and how to deal in in similar situations. I strive for that. And all that we've seen from Masai Jiri so far in his time in Toronto has been just a level of professionalism that we all should strive for. And in that moment, man, I, I applaud him for that. And I also applaud him for how he's handled the situation since. Because all he said was, hey, the truth will come out. And he didn't, he still remained professional, still remained calm and cool in every interview you've seen him do to date. And wow, I applaud, I salute that man, Masai Ujiri. And we big him up here for basketball reasons all the time for what he brought to this city. But as a man and as a black man, especially from me to you, I salute you, my dude, whatever that means. I'm, I'm just a dude with a podcast that works in sports that looks up to a man like that, that I can only emulate to have just an ounce of the composure and professionalism that that man has. So salute to you, Masai. And salute to you all as a Toronto Raptors organization for now taking a 2-0 series lead in the first round of the NBA playoffs. And salute to all of you, the Raptors fans, for tuning into this A Wrap It Up podcast. My name is Sheldon Alexander, and as I close every episode, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame show, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Boom, blast.